podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We call whistle, and this is true. We love to do the things that we're not supposed to do. We don't need robbing, stealing, or mugging. In fact, we'll take it seriously. We're only bugging. <laughs> Hello, my name's Mark Webster. This is the Whistleblower's first one of 2016. Happy New Year to the lot of you out there. And I'm delighted to say that um, alongside me, I've got some great company, uh, gentlemen who are going to be able to give us the the full panoramic vista of what's been going on over the last few weeks. And one of them in particular, who's going to be crying into the beer that he hasn't got in front of him, although the other geezer hasn't got some beer in front of him either. (laughs) Our dry athlete... Who I will defer to immediately, Mr. Martin Gritton returns, having a go at the No Booze January. Yeah, good evening. All right, thanks oh, for yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, good. Dry January. It's always interesting for a Scotsman. It's always an extra achievement, uh, 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 I think. Inconceivable, uh, incomprehensible, um, and, and enjoy. Yeah, well, will you? It's thirty minutes. We're about thirty-five minutes. Are you be all right with that? I think we can. I think we can handle You'll that. You'll twitch along. Yeah. Good lad. Good lad. And I'm delighted. So, not been here for a while, but Mr. Risky Ricky Ricardo joins us. Hello. All right, Rick. Happy New Year. Now, and, and to you, Rick. Rick's obviously... Um, Crying. And, and, but, yeah, but into his beer, uh, if, as I say, if he had one in front of him. Uh, because we will get stuck into the plight of, 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 your, little, of your team down... Yeah, from my little South, team. I, I, do, I nearly went little there, didn't <laughs> I? I? I meant little in the kind of quaint, you know, yeah. pleasant countryside cottage kind of way, obviously. That's a, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, with uh, 1.2 acres. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Uh, but it's... Um, ch- it kind of came to a head, didn't it, for Charlton uh, over the festive period? Yeah, I think it is coming to a head and uh, about time too. And the, well, the yeah, fans true. are actually revolting. Yeah. In more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the temptation sometimes, isn't it? He, he sets you up and then probably best to walk away from that one. We will talk about Charlton in, in detail and, 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 and that in a moment's time, but... It's, it's funny, Martin, isn't it? Is that I think probably we were sat here just before Christmas expecting... We, we, the gaffer tapes is pretty much where we are all the time. The managers are, are, are leading so much of this. Obviously, Jose Mourinho, we knew, went. I think probably we thought Louis van Gaal, there seemed to be yep. sort of like enough momentum behind him for, not to, for him not to be around. Has he ridden the storm? Is, is, is there something of, of that being over, do you imagine? It's, it seems to be. I think yeah. uh, you get the feeling that the people behind the scenes at Manchester United are certainly less reactionary than the yeah. ones at Chelsea, which I think contributes a lot to it. They've invested a lot in him, and you sometimes think that he is probably a more powerful character than, than some of them. Um, so I would imagine discussions are quite abrasive uh, <laughs> with Chelsea. I would imagine, there's, you know, the, as you would expect, Jose to fight his corner, but he increasingly became a man that looked as, as though it was kind of affecting his mental state. Yeah, and, and, and went away accordingly and then went down and watched Brighton play, which I thought, is, oh, listen, that's a no, no, well, you know, it's a lovely place to go visiting. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, it's not? <laughs> okay. No. no. But, uh, right, now, Van Gaal then, that's one we can move on from. What is interesting subsequently, though, and I, let's start in Europe and work our way back with him. Zinedine Zidane. And it's, it's, almost, it's an interesting place to start because we're talking about a fella, an ex-professional, who's managed a reserve team, is now put, put in charge of well, arguably the biggest club some, in football. Well, I don't know who said it, but some, one of the commentators yesterday said he's a manager, not a coach. 
So he's not there to coach the team. He's there to stimulate the, the egos and, you know, he's, big, he's a bigger ego. Because he's big enough to, yeah, to, to match because them Because Benitez yeah. couldn't control your Ronaldo's and your Isco's and all these players where he's bigger. You know, Zinedine Zidane, he's bigger than, right. than all the personalities and that's what it's about. Except, of course, it looks like he's been doing the right thing and being away. And, and, and I mean, when you're talking about, uh, Re, you know, Raul B, as it were, he's it's, it's it's pretty much their kids, I think. So, in theory, like any guy, you know, I think he's 43, any fella who's kind of working his way through the ranks, you'd expect him to be doing things like that. But to be then suddenly elevated into this job... Yeah, well, Pep, Pep through, through True. Uh, Barcelona yeah. would have been similar, you know, part of the fabric in Barcelona and Real Madrid. They like doing that, they like bringing people in through, obviously, the Galacticos, that whole generation of players created guys that, you know, you look at Beckham, as, as Rick was saying, bringing someone in that's a figurehead that can take that yeah. flack. The problem is, the, the, the problem Real Madrid managers have is the same one they will always have over the years. If the team's underperforming, it's, it's poisonous for you, regardless of it, how high profile you are. So it's how he deals with that. Really. He said, he, by one of the quotes immediately, he says, like, good football is always important at this place. So fundamentally, <laughs> you are... It, we can have this conversation in isolation, because we're obviously going to talk about English football in a moment's time. And nothing sounds weird about saying, oh, it's, uh, you know, an, you know, an ex-superstar has been put in charge because they want an ex-superstar in mm. charge, and that he's going to have to simply commit to the Real Madrid way. We accept this, don't we, in... in Continental football. Yeah, and they're an anomaly even in European football, aren't they? The so they're the anomaly and, within the anomaly, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, I'd, true. I'd say that they're, like, you know, they're almost a cartoon sort of uh, characters, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Because the, the president can... It was, it was like when Berlusconi at AC Milan, how can a man be that powerful within that country and run run the football team? Imagine, you know, the prime minister, yeah. the president running the football team, running the newspapers. But we just... They like it, you know? They it's like true. that personality. He's like he's, he's cartoon-like, isn't it? That's mm. a very good description yeah. of the way it goes on and it, it seems like fun for it from a distance because you would not wear it at your own club would you well it's only West Ham isn't it that uh, have got old publishers in charge <laughs> exactly yes and that's a different type of publisher. No, exactly. Yeah. But we, we'd be, yeah, but we'd be keeping generations of young men going for many a long year so don't you worry about none of that yes so yeah but it's you know, English football is completely different to football anywhere else in the world. I suppose that's the way. I'm, I don't know the other way around. I know we're the, yeah. we're the weird one. Aren't we're we? the weird we're one. We're the weird one. This because, is normal. Yeah, because Zinedine Zidane wouldn't have been manager of Leighton Orient, would he? Or Dagenham and Redbridge. No. When he's been manager of Real Madrid 2 or B or whatever you want to call it with yeah. their kids, which is their reserve team but plays in the League 2 or 3 or 4. But, you know, you wouldn't get David Beckham or someone going to, go into Dagenham and saying, yeah, I'll be the manager, because he just wouldn't do it. Well, that's interesting, because, of course, I suppose the example would be, if we, go, if we nip back to Manchester United, is that sitting alongside Louis van Gaal is their version of Zidane if you take mm. Ryan Giggs. But I'm, I would still be shocked and amazed and chuckling if Ryan Giggs was mm. suddenly elevated into that job. Yeah, I think, well, going back to what Rick said about 
certain players not going. I mean, you look at the ones that do go and you kind of feel sorry for them. So Terry Sheringham going yeah. to Stevenage or yeah, going yeah, somewhere yeah. and you're yeah. like, do you really know <laughs> what's in <laughs> store? Because, yeah. you know, there's certain things. It's when oh, James Beatty when he was at Accrington and yeah. he's having to put his hand in his pocket and you to, right. to clear the tax bill and you're thinking, that's not really part of your job. <laughs> uh, but I, I know what you say about gigs. They had a Real Madrid when Butraguino, when he went to... Was he president of the club? So yeah. imagine a player going and being president or being the, the chief exec of Man United. It just probably wouldn't happen. You know, they, they, they want figureheads out there. It's a whole kind of... Is that, that point right again? Is, is it because we are we are the peculiar ones here that we should we should think... And, and this kind of stuff is normal within this... I, I, I arguably the different form of passion and, uh, the, the way football fans and, and clubs are run. I think we treat the foreign managers with a different, uh, you know, different mentality. I think we treat mm-hmm. them like we've elevated them. So if Klopp did really badly at Liverpool, someone would still say, "Oh, he's a brilliant manager. Give him another chance." Same with Jose. He go gets a great job. Yeah, back on Do you the know what he, Jose. Yeah. Jose is going to get the Man United job. What you know, Eddie Boothroyd does a great job in the Premier League. Yeah. Gets binned. He's in yeah. Northampton, yeah. back. Yeah. You know, scraping around, paying his dues in the lower leagues, trying to do what he can. You know, the only real way out of that is when you get the international under twenty one job. Yeah. And you get, true, you yeah. get a little, you know, a little sabbatical. It's a little breather, <laughs> yeah. yeah. which no one can really work out how to judge you at all. <laughs> no, that's it. nothing it's, it's its own little parallel universe that you you can pop in and out. Well, of, I, but... I, I thought that's, I thought Stuart Pearce should, should probably go on and take the England job because he was in charge of the twenty ones. Yeah. I might have been wrong. Yeah, I um, think so. Yeah. It, it, in terms of, because over Christmas, this conversation popped up quite a lot because, of course, we, there was talk about a replacement the England job and, and obviously replacement at Chelsea and stuff like this. And names like Alan Pardew suddenly comes into the mm. frame and saying, why doesn't he get a shout? Well, I, you know, I've got no time for Alan Pardew. No, but that's a different thing altogether. A bit more Charlton <laughs> yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah exactly, yes. But, you know, he's... He's doing okay at Palace and I'm saying that with gritted teeth. Yeah. But... He won't get it because he's not a big enough name. Your Chelsea's, who to me are a Mickey Mouse first division club, always have been, always will be. <laughs> you chuck a bit of money at it. Not from that little blip of the well, last ten years. You chuck yeah, a bit yeah. of money at it. I mean, a billionaire comes in, chucks some money at it. They're, Which he did. Yeah, and, and it but, worked. You know, they they have now got uh, supporters, corporate football, as I call it, that demand Jose Mourinho. They demand, you know. A personality. They don't want a, just a normal manager, a coach that's any good. They demand a personality, and whoever coaches the team, you know, I'm sure Jose Mourinho wasn't on the on a Monday morning out on the training pitch. I'm sure he wasn't. Mm. You know, so they demand this thing that that's more continental than it is it's, English football. Which is a shame because if that is the case. They missed out, unless they just enjoyed it because it was brief. In, in, in Roberto Di Matteo sort of coming in and arguably just roll, riding a little bit of momentum, you know, riding the crest of a wave in. But of course, that is just like, that is almost a promotion from with That was a promotion mm. from him with all, with all, I mean, Eddie Newton was, just, was you know, was his right hand <laughs> yeah. man. He's come from, Eddie yeah. Newton's come up from sort of the youth team coach. So there was yeah. a little bit of romance there, wasn't there? Yeah, no, definitely. And I, <clears throat> You, you look at these, when you're signing players of that calibre, you expect them to be, that's, as Rick was saying about Real Madrid, you take over a team, you, a manager, you, you can trust those players to go out and be that. You can certainly coach in certain European situations when you're coming up against teams that you have to work them out a little bit. But these players are good enough to, you can have a caretaker going. I mean, I'm sure 
you know, a lot of people from within would be confident enough to run that steady the ship to the end of the season and say, yeah. you know, like, you know, win the Euro- Europa Cup or whatever they won and then he's out the next day because it's not fashionable. It's, a, it's the fashionable manager that, as you're saying, corporate football wants. Would, would that make sense as well in terms of going back to Madrid? It's why, and Rick alluded to it earlier, is why Benitez didn't work at Real Madrid because... I mean, you know, the Spanish waiter thing that he, the, the, the fellow had to amp around with him when he was at Liverpool was, was quite entertaining because he had bad suits. I mean, I, you know, I still maintain he turned his trousers up with a staple gun. I still maintain that. But that shouldn't be neither here nor there. If he's a good manager, and yet it was, he was being deemed to be someone who couldn't match up to his stars. I think when he went there as well, it was a bit of a square peg in a round hole. I felt that there was there was things. So at the start, it was he, an issue. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. so because there was rumblings about him taking over, and everyone was in disbelief. But he almost carved out this opening for himself yeah. and kind of pushed and promoted himself very well in there. But then, if you're going in and you're not going in with the blessing of everyone behind you at Real Madrid, you, you you're punching up. <laughs> you're punching very hard. Good God, but, yes, that's. I mean, yeah, yeah, but, exactly. But, but wasn't Benitez shooed in for the West Ham job? He had, and they, then he got the call from Real Madrid. So that's, if that's in the, if how I know long that, did he have to sit and ponder on that? But if it. I know that, and you're you're not, you know you're you're sitting there in Madrid thinking we've got the you know the bloke who turned down West Ham to come here. That's not really sexy, is it? I, I that's not that, sexy football. I'm sure that made headlines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Turns down East London to make his way to me. In there, in this little kind of weird mix at the moment, is uh, 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 two managers that would tie in. To the whole conversation, David Moyes without a job, having had a go and being kicked out and arguably much before his time at Manchester United. And then Gary Neville, albeit through some very strange circumstances involving a non-league football team and people who won't. I know that's a weird thing. But either way you look at it, you know, is is Neville on the right track? Has Moyes been maligned? What would you take on those two? David Moyes is from that school of hard knocks management where he's been a player and paid his dues and worked hard and that's when that's where I think English football management differs to any other that we talk about where it's like you know after coming up the hard way people prefer you to have done that and you know really yeah. like the way that Clough did the way that you know that a lot of these managers that have, that have done brilliantly like well, Lou McCarry or before him. Ferguson yeah. you know doing it the hard way and you get respect and then Gary Neville a lot of people will respect him for what he's done in terms of being a pundit and, and balancing that and, and having more credibility than people probably wanted to give him. Um, management, bad results just will create a toxic environment for anyone. So, so it, bad results, yeah. yeah. If, if, he's not, if he doesn't do well as a manager, it doesn't matter what people think of him. You know, he'll, he'll get the sack like anyone else. I don't know if this helped that Roy Hodgson has backed Gary Neville's <laughs> move into going there because he, he says he went away to achieve something and by which I think he means that he's to get some experience under his belt. Yeah, but but it, does it look like, does he look like Neville on the, on the inevitable learning let, curve upwards to success? Let's not be rude here. He's got that... He's got this job because his mate put money into the club. Yeah. Well, that's it. You know, that's, that's it. And, so, he's and his brother job as well. And his brother speaks Spanish. Nice. Yeah. That's yeah. it, you know. Right. Well, so, Ryan Giggs wouldn't have got that job. Yeah. And, and when you look at it like that, I mean, see, Gary Neville, because he is, a, and as you said there as well, Mike, he's, you know, he is a good pundit. People have warmed to him. 
he's probably going to have to use all of all of the, the the worth that he's built up, all of the sort of like the loose change that he's got in his back pocket from being night popular on the telly to get out of this one without looking like a bit of a mug, isn't he? I think. He's never been afraid of hard work, I don't believe. I, no. I, you know, at Manchester United, he was a, you know, notable as a player that was always out training harder and longer with everyone else, same as uh, with, with his brother Phil. I know I, I knew a couple of lads that when I was at Macclesfield. They were just relieved to come to Macclesfield on loan, so they weren't taken out by the Neville brothers. Really? And kicked from pillar to post in the that, afternoon. They so have been doing that since they <laughs> were four yeah, years yeah. old, and they, they, they would, will not stop. They'd yeah. get lads out on the training ground. They'd be like, right, we're practicing hook tackles and put some terrified youth team players running down there. <laughs> They're chasing them and smacking them into touch. And do you know what? It was like, it's the making of, obviously, the, a lot of the young players there, but yeah. like, those Neville's don't give you a break. So, so but, but do we, therefore... Look at what Gary Neville's done. Even if it's say it is a brief hiatus of half a season there, is he doing it the right way? Are we looking at a sort of a new look manager, you know, reboot for 2016 kind of version of someone who can come through and have a, and, and do it a different way? What, what does he want, though? That's the thing. Ah, he, is yeah. he doing it to be manager over here? Is he doing it for credibility? Is he doing it for... You know, is there, is, there, is there an end game? Because I would only, you would go there as a player. When players would go to Real Madrid, it was almost like for that little halcyon season or two, just to just put the icing on the cake yeah. of a career, you know, McManaman or Lineker. Or, they'd go out there to say, look, I can do it here as well. And But he's not done anything here first. So it's almost, a, it's a strange move in a lot of ways. And it, I don't know how much of that is down to his ego and thinking, you know, he's got the ego to, to power through and I'm good enough to do this so yeah. I can do it anywhere. And to be fair, if he can do it out there, then... Oh, well, that's, that is... This, this could ultimately end up to, say, hmm. you know, the England team's advantage. Is that... Yeah, Gary Neville, is him, it yeah. quite... Is yeah. a, you know, accruing some decent experience. Yeah, that 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 is the flip side of just going there because you're mate. So, you know, it is all about who you know, not what you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... You know, good luck to him, but but what about Glenn Oddle? Yes, <laughs> yeah. What about? Do you know what? I wake I wake up at what night sweating <laughs> saying that actually. Isn't he the next know. England manager? Yeah, he's That's al- he's <laughs> always the next England manager, but uh, well, no, he, he's not. But how about though? We've 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 talked about him, Pep Guardiola, because. We're in this little weird world at the moment again, aren't we? Where suddenly, because the runaway teams aren't winning, you know, aren't running away with the with the you know with, with the Premier League, it's not as good a league anymore. And and there's definitely two schools of thought about that because it might be the most exciting league as direct result of that. There, but it's interesting that now it's a, this is exactly the time that Pep Guardiola has quite literally thrown his hat in the ring and mm. said, "I am coming, take me." Timed it well, hasn't he? Do you, do you think yeah, so? Do you I'm, think it's a good time for him to pitch up? The the clubs that he's looking to take over, their stock couldn't be lower, really, in terms of the <laughs> league. You know, I don't think any manager wouldn't mind taking over that squad and budget at Man City, uh, Manchester United. I don't, I, I can't see if Van Gaal's got back through the Christmas period and they sack him at the end of the season, and that's kind of. Is he done at well? the end of the season anyway? Is this the end of the three-year plan? Uh, I, I think it feels like I think thirty it's second, years, isn't it? Yeah. Second, mm. so second year into the three or something. But yeah, um, but then Chelsea, uh, Chelsea, is Chelsea still an attractive have got to one. be an issue, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's an attractive one, isn't it? Because the focus for a lot of guys is living in London, particularly a yeah. lot of you know, and that's such a pool, yeah. you know. Um, well, so. well, how about Arson going upstairs and at the Arsenal? at the Arsenal mm. when he just slides in and. 
It, it, I'm sure. Does a job I, there? Well, if Pep Guardiola wants to stay play, stay somewhere for five, six years, that would probably do mm. Arsenal make Wenger a favour because he's going to yeah. be like seventy plus or whatever. So yeah. it, it, it could do. Does he come? Is he coming, do you think, at the right time for him and for the league, though, Rick? Because, of course, as I say, there is definitely this sense of people... I, I think people aren't totally sure what they're watching well, anymore. Well, the, the, the issues are that, that football now is more about, as we keep saying, personality. It's not about a half-decent team, a, a team that does well, your Leicesters that have grafted, Bournemouth that are grafting, that are doing relatively well. It's about Pep Guardiola turning up as a, as a sort of all-conquering hero to take over one of the top clubs. Well, you know, I don't go to football to listen to the manager talk a load of toss. Right, OK, yeah, so the pontificate... You know, but but yeah. m- most people do, I suppose. If people out there want to, to get the... You know, want to have a manager that's a name, you know, this is what we're saying about Real Madrid. If, if we can yeah. get a coach that can actually coach a team and puts a decent enough team, they buy half decent players and the team turns up every week and puts in 100%, what more do you want? But this is, I guess this is the thing, isn't it? Is, is, vari- is variety the spice of life in terms... Of, because we're talking about, as we sit here now, I heard the numbers over the weekend. It was the, the guy from the Mail on Sunday who's done the story. Is that the Premier League now is the biggest sporting brand in the world. It earns something like three point something billion a year over the next three years. More than the NFL. It's, it's gone beyond the NFL. So we are now talking about, you know, it, it, we talk about that as the product. But Pep Guardiola can only come to a big and can't he? He can't go and say, I'd love to take on this Watford challenge and see how I do, can he? That, that wouldn't happen, would it? You know, with all due respect to the Watford manager. And, and why would you? you know, if you <laughs> no right, no yeah, offence yeah. to Watford there, but why would, if you have the options of, uh, of what he has on, on, the, on the table for him, I'd be very interested to see how they're going about that. Because if it's not a blind bid, if, if he's got an agent that's pitching him to these guys that with, with astronomical numbers, you know? So. Do, do you like the league do you like the football as you know you, that you're watching week in week out in the Premier League because of the fact that as, as Rich just said there that you're allowed to talk about Watford and Leicester and, and Stoke in a conversation in which you're not talking about sort of teams that are rolling over and dying I'd like watching it personally yeah, yeah. absolutely I'd be frustrated as hell if I was a, a paying 60 quid a week though you know as a, yeah, you're still getting your, yeah you've still got your, your, your VIP because I don't know if it's worth that yeah. clubs haven't you yeah and I'd, I'd, I think that you know if, you, if you're competing on the broader scale there was that period of time where international football was about not getting beat and then it became good again at the you know the World Cups where it was like really open play and we're like well, this is what we want to see but I think European football can be about not getting beat and then nicking results so if you're going to base success on Champions League then I don't think the Premier League's up to it in the minute No, know? it, it, it can't compare on that level but again no. if it's if you're flogging your £3 billion pound a, a year products around the world suddenly you've probably got 20 teams that are of interest rather yeah. than six teams well, is that a good or a bad that, thing well, that's, that's a good thing because aren't, aren't Leicester for example uh, you know the biggest team in Thailand or whatever because their owner is yeah. you, know, the, you know got more money than Thailand that we can shake a stick at so you go to you know you go to Bangkok or whatever and there's a, t- a Leicester superstore by good. all accounts good. but you know, you know that Real Madrid sacked their manager because they lost to Barcelona. 
That's the reason he got sacked. Yeah. Not the fact that they're, you know, second or third in I the league. I think Gary Neville nicked a point off of him. Yeah, that's you know. Neville did him. So, so You'll the like Premier... that against old Liverpool manager, <laughs> so, will you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I love that. So the Premier League as a brand is exciting. You know, you, you market it as in, look, look, we've got 20 teams that, on a, on a given day could be each other. Do you other. know the irony is, of course, this is almost like talking about American sport in the sense where, yeah. you know, where they try, parity is created, you know, that everyone gets a chance because of wage caps and stuff yeah. like None of that happens in football. And all no. of a sudden, you've got the best role model for American sports happens no. to be happening in the Premier League at the moment. Yep. Everyone's got to go. No, except for Aston Villa. God <laughs> bless them. Uh, now, lads, we have, we, we, we've done the heady heights uh, and, and I've enjoyed them. Um, but, you know, for every for, for every feast, there's a famine, isn't there? Mm. Um, and yeah. Rick, we we must turn to the fact that uh, actually, we, we, what we should turn back to is the day that Charlton played Nottingham Forest uh, just a few days back from as we yeah. sit here and speaking, because this is, I suppose, when it came to a head, and I, and I guess we were all getting the gist more of the outside of, of the Charlton yeah. story. Well, what happened is that uh, the 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 fans, what have you, came together to stage a demonstration to show... It was more or less to show the, the, the infrastructure of the club that, you know, we care because of the, the you know, the taglines coming out, out from, the, from, the, from the club are not quite right. I mean, to, the parody here is that our CEO is the Gerald Ratner of football executives. Yeah. You know, she said that supporters are not supporters, they're customers. You wouldn't go to the cinema and moan about the product. Why do the club, when we get emails, why do they call it my club or our club? She, you know, she doesn't, you know, it's not, it's not, this is not about xenophobia being Belgian. It's not about sexism being a woman. It's about somebody who knows nothing about the historical values of football. I, I must say, I don't even like being a customer on a train. I'm a bloody passenger. <laughs> yeah. But, that, you know, there's another yeah. man. I, but, but just explain to Martin where you believe... <laughs> He's got he's got a little ground zero in. It's yeah. an interesting one. Uh, where you yeah. believe that this all started to it, unfold. It, it all your started eyes. to unfold about a year ago when a YouTube video was launched of a couple having I don't know what the what the saying is to having pre-marital shenanigans on a football pitch and it was a YouTube phenomenon that came out and it turned out that it was a Charlton Athletic marketing ploy. Uh to to sell yeah to sell game time for me and you to buy a, a game on on the pitch. If, if you don't mind me saying, and obviously I say this, you know, completely straight faced, is the reason we knew they weren't married because you couldn't see their rings. <laughs> <Did them. laughs> I don't know what he was uh, laughing at, but I, uh, it's yeah. new low. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. Yeah. It was a new low. <laughs> you know, it's a you know. I mean, as as. Twee as it is, Cholton, it's a family orientated club. You know, that is, mid- it was, it's, it's that, you know, that it's poor. like, you know, that's the way it is. And that's what they come up with as, as you know, that's, that's been signed off at a high level. It's not, yeah. it's not the marketing exec sitting there going, oh, I know what's a good idea. It has to be signed run, off. I'm not exactly. running past everybody yeah, no, else. Exactly. Now, Martin, obviously, having been around a few clubs, you'd have no doubt, you, you, and it's because this has happened for centuries anyway. You know, 150 years ago, it was the local butcher would have come in with some, you know, and he'd be giving away three chops, you know, to every, to every woman that turned up. So he gave away two chops, you know. Um, is 
there are real issues with the way that football clubs are allowed to be kind of just manhandled like this. That, uh, that was an interesting example, the, the Charlton one, because actually that was an agency. I work in sports PR at the minute. That was yes, he does. It's an external agency that, that put that stunt together. And obviously the, the numbers that, that, that they're targeting, it's not necessarily the fans. It's to get the publicity for it. So it was a success in terms of it was in every major news outlet. The nature of the And it was on social... Yeah, but, the, but this was the thing. But then you attribute... Well, that's not really how necessarily I want my club perceived in the public. <laughs> but... It was like, well, no, because we've got the name of the club out there, so it's been a success. Well, you know, then you've got to you've got to be doing something that engages the fans in a way that they want yeah. to be engaged. And and different clubs, like a, a friend of mine does a lot of stuff for Grimsby. He's a comedian, does a lot of stuff for Grimsby Town Football Club. And you have to, he has to be on the terraces with the fans because mm. he has to turn, because he's a fan. So he'll yeah. turn up for away games now and he has to, show his face so if he does something that's any way disrespectful to the club it just won't be it's a, that's yeah. a good point Mike because that would be the thing I guess I mean it, it, you'd have to probably go a long way to find a brilliant piece of football marketing and you know, even that you know it sticks in your throat as you say it doesn't mm. it but but pe- people who do something to try and sell clubs and put bums on seats in grounds you still get the sense that it got to know what football's about and what that football club's about, though, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I think the there's, there was issues at Southampton as well, wasn't there? When there was a, there's always a resistance against change, but if the change is done in a way that engages people, or that, that word engagement is dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. That's a marketing word. No, but there's a way. Gets people get, gets people involved. Yeah. you know, in in the right way and and. And has has their interests at heart, which ultimately, you know, rather than trying to pander to a sponsor or pander to someone that's got the money to come in and, and invest in a football club. I mean, I remember years ago I was doing a job for ITV Sport, and we were up at Birmingham and to interview Karen Brady when she was in charge, and Barry mm. Fry was there, and and the interview had to be deferred for five minutes because she was sorting out. Um, the, the Christmas draw because she you know, yeah. she was across who was going to get the turkey and who was going to yeah. get the bottle of leaf round milk, and but she was <laughs> but, but but it's two things. First of all, that was her job, you know. Yeah. And, but she's a hands-on sort of you know that's yeah. hands-on executive. And number two, it was at that kind of level. And this is a football club that could you know that at mm. times was still commanding thirty-five thousand, forty thousand. That is football, isn't it? That's yes. the football that I and you love as such because yeah. you know it's it's you know the the fact is is that. Uh, about a month ago, in one of the executive lounges at Cholton, they put a house music DJ in. And most of the people in there are 50 to 60-year-old sitting down having a pre-match pint. And they, com- the amount of complaints there were about music and noise. Rick, and you that- was up on the chair <laughs> yeah, with your fist in was, but, you know, I'm 27 years old. Yeah, of course <laughs> you are, you would be. I love days like these. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. That's a little uh, house weekend <laughs> anthem for you there that I just ruined. But, but if I can just say, but Karen Brady, you know, is one of the, if not the first woman within football. And, you know, we have now a woman in football who has said that the long-term vision for Cholton as a football club is a unique fan experience where you can see the future stars of the Premier League before we sell them on. Now, would Karen Brady... Hold the phone. Would Karen Brady... I'm quoting that. It's on you. You know, anyone wants to go and look, it's YouTube. It's YouTube. You you know, she she was doing... It was in Ireland. She was doing a, you know, a, a seminar, webinar... 
and that's her exact words. You know, that's the fan experience. But you don't, you know, if that's what you believe as the club, you don't tell your customers that that's what. No. What I actually did do? a bit of a scrub down because you said webinar. I'm not even comfortable <laughs> with that at the moment. Uh, but the, here is the thing, and, and this is, I suppose it kind of rounds it up nicely. We've been talking about Galacticos and Real Madrid and the way that they do the business. Right there, we've been, you know, there's the heart and soul of it is the Premier League. But there is football goes on elsewhere, and it needs to be, tra- it needs to be looked at differently, doesn't it? You cannot shove everything down the same sausage machine hole, can you, mine? No. I, these football clubs as well are very central to a lot of the towns that they're in. You know, Plymouth Argyle, when I was... It's good to see them on their eyes again, but yeah. it's not that long since they were in the championship. But, but they've done... A, but there was a, there's a, they've done that in the last four, four or five years. Plymouth have found a way to get themselves back. But there's not been any sort of strange, quirky marketing moves, is there? Or, I mean, no, how have I they gone about it? I don't it? think there is. But that's the thing. I think our eyes are now looking for those... those um, Marketing moves or get a bit of publicity stunts. I think you know the Carlisle players. Such, uh, they recently said, "Look, we'll go back. We'll help out people that are struggling with the, uh, you know, in the floods." And right. What a lovely, really good yes, gesture. Genuine. But then you're thinking, well, these players are putting out on their social media. What you know, same with players that yeah. say you get beat seven nil away, and the mm. people, clubs start saying, "We'll, we'll the players are going to pay for your traveling for your tickets because that's not good enough." Well, why are they saying that to dig themselves out? We'd rather you just didn't get beat seven nil than have to pay yeah. our <laughs> tickets. Yeah. You know what I mean? There is but, a bit yeah. of that in there, isn't but, there? But that's it. It makes yeah. you, it kind of makes you a little bit cynical towards everything now. And, and, and I'm not being cynical towards Carlisle because I think that was a really nice thing that they did. <laughs> this is a case who works in marketing. <laughs> as he, as Martin, <laughs> but then again, as uh, Martin, obviously, you work at the uh, you're at the nice cuddly end, of aren't course, you? Of course, you I would am, yeah. never just doing nice things for nice people. That's what that's, that's what you do in your firm, Mr. Martin Gritton. I'm delighted to say he does that. And uh, Rick, congr- uh, thank you very much for coming along and, and, and starting your case. I look forward to finding that bit on YouTube. And of course. Uh, uh, that was the whistleblowers, everyone. And if you missed it uh, here this evening, listening to the particular podcast, don't miss out on our webinar uh, because we'll be available on there, whatever the bleeding hell that might be. Thank you very much. Thank you. This is a playback media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network.